everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Lori Prescott, RN, MSN, CCDS, CCDSO, CDIP, CRC. Lori is the Interim Director for Actus, which is based in Middleton, Massachusetts. Lori is responsible for overseeing Actus's thought leadership, strategic direction, and providing an authoritative voice in the industry. Additionally, she is the lead developer and instructor for the CDI boot camps and a member of the CCDSO Certification Committee and the Actus advisory board. She is a frequent speaker on the Actus podcast, Actus conferences, and webinars, and is the author of the Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialist's Complete Training Guide and the Actus Pocket Guide. Welcome, Lori. Good morning, Linnea. Today, we are going to discuss how CDI programs can leverage their physician advisor to knock out CDI and coding struggles. We're joined by Dr. Julia Ugarte-Hopkins, who will be speaking on this topic at our upcoming 2022 Actus National Conference. Dr. Ugarte Hopkins is a physician advisor for case management, utilization, and CDI at Pro Healthcare Inc., a three hospital health system based in Wisconsin. Her experience includes time as a pediatric hospitalist, medical director of pediatric hospital medicine, and vice chair of pediatrics. She is currently the president of the American College of Physician Advisors. She is a member of the RackMonitor.com editorial board and was the first physician board member for the Wisconsin chapter of the American Case Management Association. With multiple appearances on the Monitor Mondays and Talk 10 Tuesdays webcasts, she is a national speaker for topics related to the physician advisor scope of work and has been featured on KevinMD.com. Welcome, Dr. Garte Hopkins. Hello, it's great to be here. Before we jump into our topic, a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by the 2022 Actus Conference. Imagine the possibilities and join your CDI peers in Orlando, Florida, May 2nd to 5th, 2022 at the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. As we reconnect after the COVID-19 pandemic, we all need a little magic in our lives and we all need to imagine what might be in store for us professionally. The Actus National Conference provides countless opportunities to engage personally and professionally with like-minded individuals across the healthcare spectrum. The educational offerings are unparalleled. The networking opportunities are extensive. Our exhibitors are waiting to share their industry knowledge. The only necessary ingredient remaining is you. This year, we are offering dedicated outpatient CDI content, a masterclass track to improve your interpersonal skills so critical to CDI success, a location with shuttle buses running to the major Disney theme parks, and more. Learn more or register by using the link in today's show notes. And now, back to the show. So first of all, thank you again so much for joining us today, Dr. Ugarte Hopkins. We're really excited to sit down with you to discuss physician advisors. Well, I'm just so glad to be here. I I really appreciate the time. I think this is a fantastic broadcast. I hope we can give a lot of good information to your listeners. And please call me Juliet. 
Wonderful, we're so happy to have you. So to start us off, according to our most recent CDI Week industry survey data, about 32% of CDI programs have a full-time physician advisor and 34% have a part-time advisor who splits their time between CDI and another department. For those who are in that 34% roughly of respondents who don't currently have a, an advisor, what steps can they take towards finding an engaging one in your opinion? So I think one of the first steps is really to take note of is it on purpose that you don't have one or is it simply something that hasn't kind of been looked into as a need of the CDI and coding program? Um, if, if, there's a, if there's been a thought in the past that we really don't need this type of assistance, that there probably should be a really hard look at that. Um, and, and really, my opinion is that, you know, historically, most of the roles that encompass what a physician advisor does were taken on by intrepid clinicians who were working usually within the hospital setting who kind of gravitated towards some of these quote non-clinical um, or you know specifically not taking care of patients roles um, as they got involved in specific committees or work groups or what have you. So you would have this situation where docs who were working full-time taking care of patients kind of got sucked into these other projects and they were expected to participate whenever they had a spare moment. I think we've really moved beyond that and you can see that just with the entire development of the, the role of physician advisors, many of which are completely full-time and doing that and don't practice clinically at all. Um, so again, I think the first thing to look at is, do you really want somebody who is dedicated to working with the teams? And if so, can you make that happen? Um, if not, if it's something that still maybe doesn't have a lot of support, including financial support to actually pay for that, then you're looking at, okay, do you have any docs within your health system that actually seem to get it? Like, who are the people who are answering your queries persistently? don't seem to have a lot of issue with what's being asked of them. Or on the flip side, they are asking questions and they're asking really good ones. So they actually ask questions um, that maybe dive into why it's being asked and maybe they're asking what their colleagues are doing. Are they getting the same types of queries? So if you have individuals who are already expressing some interest, that would probably be where to start off with. But again, I do very much recommend that the idea of staying away from someone who just kind of is involved whenever there's a spare moment is not going to be the most successful way to go about it. So I would really encourage people to be able to have the ability to have someone who at least has a dedicated time frame where they're able to work with the teams and not just kind of a catch as catch can situation. Thank you, Juliet. That's um, excellent advice because I know a lot of programs sketch, uh, struggle with that. Um, now, you know, we often discuss that physicians tend to respond better with those peer-to-peer -peer, um, conversations than they do with a CDI professional, much to our frustration at times, but not all physicians actually make a great advisor, right? So 
what qualities, personality traits do you recommend looking for if you were shopping for a physician advisor, so to speak? I love what you were talking about as those that are engaged in asking questions, but are there any other traits that would that you would uh, want to see or traits that you may not want to see in a potential advisor? Sure. I think one of the biggest roles that we play, those of us who do this work with CDI um, in the in the kind of physician realm, is to really take a lot of ownership and pride in the ability of serving as a translator almost. So it's it's one thing to look at these topics and look at these situations from the physician's you know kind of lens but then to be completely willing to put that aside and really listen to what the CETUS is saying, what is the point we're trying to get across, and then where is the disconnect? So that's the key piece, is you have to have a doc who's obviously has their own perceptions and knows what the, you know, what the thought process or, or what the, you know, potential hangups might be of the docs who are getting these queries, but then they also need to be like really curious as to, okay, what is the seed is telling me? What is it that, you know, what is the concept that I need to get across to this doc? And then where is that translation not happening? How do I need to reframe it in a manner in which my providers are able to understand and they like get it because like you said and that's that's like a perpetual struggle for me as well is it, it feels many times like i can say almost the exact same thing as the cetus is but it's it's taken in a different way when it comes from me versus from them but i don't think that's necessarily always just at face value like oh it's because they're talking to a doc like unfortunately in some instances that does happen but I really do believe that a lot of it is simply the manner in which our perspectives are at the time. There's just a there's just a loss there again, a loss in translation. And so you need somebody who's really actually like excited about solving that issue. And a lot of this is really solving things as to what's the best way to address it. What's the best way to make sure that everybody's on the same page, even though they're kind of looking at the book in different directions. And so if you don't, if you have an individual who really doesn't have that sense of, okay, we're gonna tackle this and, and we're gonna figure it out. It seems like it should be simple, but it's obviously not. <laughs> and we're just gonna keep hammering at it until we get there. The person really needs to have a desire to do that. Also, this individual needs to not be afraid to step on toes somewhat and yep. to kind of keep at it and make sure that they're getting that message across and the docs are actually understanding what's happening and not just simply saying, okay, okay, whatever. Um, and so you need a, a physician who is, is gonna be persistent um, and not feel that they have relationships that they need to kind of keep not not confrontational. <laughs> Sometimes it gets to there. Um, and so if you have someone who's just always worried about offending somebody or, oh, they're just not getting it, they're never gonna get it, we'll just leave it. Like you, you definitely can't have that. It has to be someone who's gonna be 
going to bat for the CDI encoding team and getting the job done, even though that means sometimes that it, it, it requires having some potentially uncomfortable situations with their peers. So I think those are two really big things that you need to look for. I really appreciate that last part that you said. I, I worked for, with a very passive physician advisor for years, and um, it was frustrating for me that he didn't necessarily step up to go to bat. So I, I appreciate that last last little bit more than you know, Juliet. Oh, Thank you. well, uh, let me just tell you, passive and physician advisor, those are two things that should not go together ever for any, for any piece of the, uh, of the role, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's wonderful. I I love that too. Um, that same piece, Lori. I was I was going to remark on that too. I think that's something that people can forget because otherwise, on paper, a physician may look great to be your advisor, but if they're not willing to have those tough conversations and ruffle some feathers, it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle for them. Um, so I I definitely appreciate that as well. Um, zooming in a little bit to kind of maybe one of the specific benefits of a physician advisor. I noticed that one of the topics you'll be covering during your presentation at the ACTUS conference this spring is increasing physician response rate. Are there any tidbits or kind of quick tips that you are willing to share with folks who are really struggling in this area? Well, the first thing that I would note, it really kind of seems like intuitive, like of course you would, but I've come across many health systems where it turns out there is no deadline. So that's kind of one of the first things I always throw out there is if you're sending CDI queries to your docs and there's no deadline, it's just kind of like assumed they're going to just like whenever they get to it, they get to it. Like right there, that's a problem. So you you need to make sure that there is a clear pathway. They know you have, you know, once when you get it on day one day one is the day it arrives in your inbox or however it is that your docs get their queries there are x many calendar days before that's going to close so that's first you you have to give docs a time frame otherwise it is simply going to be whenever i get to it i get to it and that leads to all sorts of problems but the other issue then too is really establishing okay this is our physician advisor whoever you're going to call them whatever term you're going to give it this is the doc that we as a CDI team are working with, and this is your primary contact if you have questions that, you know, you just kind of like want to run it by a doc. Sometimes it sounds silly, but you will have physicians who are kind of worried or not very willing to reach out to a non-physician, even if it's the CDIS who sent them the query. Um, I don't know why that is, but if they know that they have an individual that they can go to to kind of quote curbside is the term that we use um, as to like ask a quick question about it, that I think is helpful too, because then they're not like kind of stewing about, geez, I don't really know what's being asked here. Like, let me take another week and think about this. If they have someone they can just reach out to, that's much easier for them. And then also, kind of getting back to that whole, okay, having the translator, right? Having the person who's educating about what these queries actually mean, why you're getting it, you know, being able to really stay on top of, okay, 
what's happening with our queries, what's the expectation, and then is that actually happening? So in the beginning, especially if you didn't have any timeframes before, in the beginning, you're gonna have to have that doc really being reaching out to these physicians when they're not meeting the deadline or what it, when, maybe when they're getting close to the deadline. So it's really kind of emphasized like, yes, this is a thing now. And then finally, uh, you wanna make sure too that these providers are not kind of taking the easy way out and frequently picking the unable to determine um, part, the, uh, part of the query. Of course, that is definitely comes into play in some instances, but if you have a group of docs or particular physicians who they know, okay, I'm gonna meet the deadline if I just always pick that and then, then I don't really have to think about it, um, that could be problematic. So that's something you would wanna pick as well um, as something that your physician advisor should kind of concentrate on because if that's the case, if they're only picking it to kind of get it out of their queue um, and meet the deadline, you're, you're, they're kind of shooting your efforts in the foot. So um, again, I would really start in just making sure that everybody is in the know as far as what the process is, what the expectations are, and then following from there, okay, what's happening? Do we have any particular outliers? Are there some people, you know, outliers when it comes to either topic or even answering or answering on time. Um, that's kind of the first thing that you can do to really look into kind of improving those things because you might be you you might be really surprised in that the docs really don't know. They 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 they're getting they're getting a hundred in, in basket messages throughout whatever the EHR is every single day. Um, so if they don't really recognize them for what they are and what the importance is and what they need to do with them. Um, it would be very easy to just kind of brush it aside. I love that. Clarity is uh, key, it sounds like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, I've got a question for you, but I'm going to give you a little context to this question before I ask it. When I started many years ago in CDI, and people giggle when I tell them this story, the uh, individual that was given to me as my physician advisor for CDI was the hospital pathologist. So I just want you to store that in your mind when I ask okay. this question. <laughs> um, you know, I think back and I'm like, how did I allow that to happen? But I didn't exactly know what I was doing back then. But um, sometimes we hear from the members that they technically have an advisor, which is kind of the situation that I had when I first started. Um, that advisor didn't seem to be particularly engaged with the CDI process. Um, sometimes I think, and you kind of spoke to this before, it may be that that advisor is trying to function in a full-time role or they may have a wishy-washy job description that nobody can really understand what is the physician advisor. But what do you recommend for CDI professionals uh, to do to increase their their advisors' engagement and and um, are there specific projects that you would suggest CDI teams assign to their advisor to get them more engaged or more involved? So especially if their physician advisor or again the individual who's serving in maybe that role but maybe doesn't have that that name to their position, don't assume unless you know unless you know for sure you've got someone coming to you who's like been doing this for years right like they're really well versed in it do not assume that they know what you need 
at all. Like they they might only know that, quote, you're there to support the CDI team and that's it. And so they may really not know how they're supposed to help or how they're supposed to collaborate with you. And again, if, if you have an individual who is not like, this isn't their full-time thing, it's just kind of like, you know, all right, I was just asked to do this. They may just sit back until someone actually comes to them and says, hey, can you help us with this? So that would be my first piece of advice is don't assume and be very transparent with what are the things that you would like assistance with um, and then go from there. Now, if your team yourself is not quite sure, like what's the best first thing to do, um, again, just the query issue, having a deadline, having a process, making sure that people are held accountable is, is one thing. But beyond that, you know, maybe you actually do want to focus on specific education about specific diagnoses. So if you know that you are constantly sending out queries on this one specific diagnosis, even if it's just for a specific group of hospitalists or if it's all of the docs that you know even worse that seem to be getting this type of query maybe that individual can help you and the coding team and the med staff team work towards making kind of like a roadmap of okay when we're using this term this is what it should mean so we're all on the same page as far as this term means this it might be as simple as that and so that individual could help kind of put those pieces together, again, bring the docs into play to look at those criteria and make sure that everybody's in agreement that yes, this is what it means, and then disseminating that. Um, that would be relatively simple, kind of a clear cut thing to do. And you'll find that that might be the first piece that really kind of gives them that impetus for, okay, again, I'm serving as translator, making sure we're all talking about the same thing that's on paper. And then likewise, and you might need to encourage them a little bit because this may not occur to them, they can also, when delivering the message, encourage that, hey, you know those pesky queries you're getting all of the time? If we're all <laughs> utilizing this criteria the same way, if we're all thinking about this diagnosis in the same manner for the most part, then there's not going to be a question anymore or it's going to be much less so and if it's clear in your documentation you're not going to have to be asked about it later um, so just kind of connecting those dots and encouraging that individual to really send that message to the providers that we're not just doing this for the sake of any cdi you know improvement metric but i'm actually trying to make your lives better as well um, that can go a long way but again, if you don't have somebody who's like in the thick of physician advisordom, they haven't been doing this for a really long time and they're kind of just like tiptoeing through all of this because their mindset is really still as a doc and not as this administrative part of being a doc, don't assume that they know what you need and don't think that like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take offense at all I wouldn't expect anyone to if you actually presented them with ideas of what you think that they could do in order to help your team. I think they'll actually find that that's very helpful because again, they're kind of blind sometimes about what's actually needed.
And I mean, I've been doing this for almost eight years and I'm still in that situation where like there are things that I wouldn't even think of that, oh, wow, this is this would be really helpful to us if we worked on that. Like, I mean, my team is still forever coming to me with new ideas about things that they see that could be beneficial for us to address. I mean, and it's awesome. It's great. I mean, because they're in the thick of it. And I'm just, again, kind of the translator helping out. I love that. Um, I, I find that a lot of times when people say they're not getting the help they need, I'll say, have you explained what you need? And if you don't communicate that effectively, you're right. They may be tiptoeing around, not sure exactly where to go. I appreciate that advice. Yeah, I love that too. And it's, you know, even outside of a kind of formal job description, even just communicating what you need, what you need help with is a really great first step there. Yeah, yep. So as we kind of close out our conversation today, I know I mentioned already that you, Juliet, are gonna be a speaker at our upcoming 2022 Actus National Conference. I would highly recommend to our listeners that they do attend your session because it, I think it's just gonna be great, um, lots of great info and also frankly, really fun. Uh, so highly recommend that. So as we close out, can you tell us about what you're most looking forward to at the conference, either with your own session or just in general? I'm just so excited to finally be getting back into it. You know, it's been, it, I mean, it's been years since we've had normal <laughs> conferences um, with the pandemic and all. And actually, I'm going to be just a couple of weeks um, when I get to Actus outside of my own college's conference, the National Physician Advisor Conference through the American College of Physician Advisors. We'll actually be meeting live for the first time since 2019 in Austin, Texas in the middle of April. So I'll be riding high from that, I'm sure, having hang, you know, hung out with all of my <laughs> physician advisor peeps for um, for a number of days. And and really, I think coming to the Actus Conference is going to just be like a continuation of the excitement, honestly, because, you know, our conference is the whole scope of physician advisors and the leaders in the hospitals that we work with. And then it's really, I think, going to be fun to then kind of hone down into, okay, this piece of the puzzle for our greater role in working with CDI, working with coding, and then kind of getting into the nitty gritty of those pieces. Because admittedly too, for me, you know, while I am a full-time physician advisor, unfortunately my CDI and case management split is not 50-50. So I, I too still have a lot to learn. And I just think it's so great to be not only with other docs, but you know, the other people involved in CDI that are really teaching us because those of us who really are interested in learning more of the intricacies, like we value what you guys have to teach us. And, and I think it's just awesome that we're able to finally get away from the Zoom calls and actually have unique kind of on the spot conversations based on what we're learning at the time. Um, and it's not, you know, it's, it's that kind of uh, organic, conversations that just really can't happen too well when you're on a screen. And so I'm just so excited to meet everybody. I hope I see a lot of you at our conference, NPAC as well in Austin, um, 
but for sure during the Actors Conference, if you see me, say hi. I, I would just love to talk to as many people as possible because it's just, it's been so long. Hopefully, <laughs> the beginning of the end where we'll all see our, each other regularly on a yearly basis, but it's going to be fun. I totally agree. I often say that the Actus Conference is like a big family reunion. It's just, you know, of course there's great education, but the networking and getting to see people that you've only ever talked to on the phone or over email, it's just a delight. So I totally agree with that. So unfortunately we have run out of time for our discussion today, but this has been so helpful and just wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Juliet. As always, if our audience has any questions about this topic, you can feel free to email the Actus team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. We will also put that email address in today's show notes that are available in your podcast app or on the Actus website so that you can grab it from there and you don't have to hurriedly write it down. Now I'm going to just take a quick moment for our Actus update, which is a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside our association. Today, I wanted to call your attention to the 2022 Actus Scholarship recipient announcement. We released that earlier this month. This year, we had nearly 40 wonderful applicants and we selected three recipients. From November, when that application period closed until late February, the Actus Furthering Education Committee met regularly to review and evaluate all those applications and make their final choices. And this year, we awarded Megan Baker, who is the CDI specialist at Henry Ford Health System with a one-year Actus membership and enrollment in the Actus Apprenticeship Program. We awarded Lori Baker, a CDI specialist at Memorial Hospital and Healthcare, a registration to the CDI and Quality Care Measures Online Bootcamp. And finally, we awarded Ekta Sharma, who is a CDI specialist at Roxborough Memorial Hospital, a registration to our 2022 Actus National Conference. We are just so thrilled for these individuals and we can't wait to see where their careers carry them. I do hope that you'll take a minute to visit the link that is in today's show notes and read more about these fantastic folks. Megan and Lori and Ekta, if you are listening, congratulations from all of us at Actus. We're thrilled to uh, give you these awards this year. Yay. <laughs> you can't tell, but I'm throwing confetti. <laughs> That brings us to the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, April 13th for our next show focused on risk adjustment with two of our upcoming 2022 Actus conference speakers. As always, you can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app to help others find our show. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. That email address will be in our show notes as well. Until next time, take care, everyone.